All right, it is the Sharp Square podcast. This one for Monday post NFL Week 8. Hindsight 2020, I do it every week. It's a 15 minute wrap up of the week that was. Me and Mike's picks in the Super Contest, picking five games against the spread every week. And what do you know? Back to back winning weeks. I'd have to check the ledger, but I believe it might be the first time that has happened. I also decided that I was going to have a less than meltdown Sunday and made a little bit of cash. So I know what you're thinking. Wow, (laughs) that depressing asshole that we've been listening to week after week is going to be in a good mood today and espouse nothing but positive knowledge on the weekend that was. Mm, not exactly. As you know, three and two with me is kind of the bare minimal in the super contest. With the bad couple weeks me and Mike had going one and four in back to back outlets, we need some better weeks than three and two. But we're getting on the right track, so I'll take it. And as far as the betting is concerned, you know, I had a winning day yesterday. But after I looked, I saw how much I won, and it's like, is this it? This isn't enough. How in the world, when I lose in weeks, it's disaster. But then when you have a good week and win, you barely end up in the positive. You know what it's like? Everyone's done a diet in their lifetime, right? Lose a little weight, get into shape, whatever it may be. And losing weight is hard. I mean, you have to be disciplined, specific diet, read the ingredients, the nutritional labels, make sure you don't eat too much, make sure you don't eat too late, make sure that you eat all the right things, then you've got to exercise, then you've got to be walking and doing this and doing that. And if you stay perfectly disciplined and perfectly routine after two weeks, you get on the scale and I lost a quarter of a pound. However, the next day you wake up and maybe from exercise and your back's a little sore. You say, ah, you know what, I'm not going to work out today. And, you know, frankly, I'm going to splurge a little bit. I'm going to go, I'm going to have a cheeseburger and a small fry. Next day you get on the scale and you've gained eight pounds. Yeah, that's the way losing and winning is when you're betting. If you lose a few bets, it's like your whole bankroll's gone. But then when you have a winning week, well, yeah, you lost one better here though, and you had to pay the VIG, and then all this, and by the time you're done, there's barely any scratch left. That that's the kind of day I had yesterday. And it was really a shame. Last Thursday, me and Mike had talked about How he picks every game. Doesn't bet them all, but picks them all. Well, so this week I kind of looked at all my picks, at least for the Sunday games, and I only had three games wrong. I mean, I was basically 11-3 going in to tonight's game, the Kansas City-New York Giants game. Yet, somehow... All of my losers somehow cost me. So I'm going to break this down as a little bit of a lesson. Because 
I actually feel like my handicapping process, my procedure, my ability to pick games is doing pretty good. But I need a goddamn handler on Sunday. I just shouldn't be allowed to put in my own action because I don't follow my own discipline and my own rules. Let me give you a perfect example of this. I had the Jets yesterday, and we had the Jets in the contest, and the Jets was a good pick. Mike liked the pick, he had gone over it, and I'd spent a lot of time because it was a like of mine. We thought the Jets have some defense, and with Cincinnati coming off a huge victory against the Ravens, and then having the Browns, another division rival, coming up the following week, that the Bengals might be in a bit of a flat spot. And you know what? They were. And I decided, though, I like the Jets. I'm going to bet the Jets. But I'm going to correlate this with the under, called a correlated parlay. And in theory, it's a good thought. If you think the Jets are going to win, it's probably because defensively, they shut down the Bengals. But the Jets don't have any offense. I mean, who thought that would have been one of the highest scoring games of the weekend? But so instead of just betting Jets plus 11, something I researched, I spent time on, I felt confident about, I decided to correlate it with the under. In other words, I decided to burn my money because the game was over in the beginning of the third quarter, literally over the total. And the point here is, betting correlated parlays are smart. It's a play the sharps do. They're seeing their handicap as being directly connected. So why not take the parlay value of a game and the total and make a little bit more money off of it? The problem for me is, I don't do totals. It's not my wheelhouse. I spent zero time studying the totals. I didn't know if under 43 was a good number. I knew that a plus 11 was, but I just assumed under without really evaluating whether the number for the total was a good value. Just because you understand sharp concepts, know your limitations, know your wheelhouse, I'm a sides guy. I don't mess with totals. Yesterday I did, and it cost me money. So that was the Jets game. Another bad pick that I had in the contest yesterday was Detroit. I I talked us into this one. I mean, Mike was on board, but I really led the way with this. And the big problem for me is I'm not a good evaluator of Philadelphia. They're my favorite team, so unfortunately... I bring a little bit too much emotion to the table. And I think this happens all the time. The week before, I liked the Eagles, thought they'd beat the Raiders, bet on them. But then they look terrible. And as a fan, it's much easier for me to lose perspective and then just assume the Eagles are going to be a terrible team. But what I really failed to recognize was the spot was bad for Detroit. If you watched the Rams game the week before, the Lions threw everything they had at the Rams. Onside kicks, fake punts, going for two, 
Going on fourth, they spent everything in a game that was highly emotional because of the narrative between Goff and Stafford being traded in the offseason. That was essentially the Lions' Super Bowl. Then they were coming home to play a game before the bye. That had flat spot written all over it. I missed it. I let my emotional evaluation of the Eagles get in the way. And by the way, what have I been bitching about with the Eagles? I've been bitching about the fact that they don't run the ball. Well, against the Raiders, they did. They ran the ball 32 times. And yesterday against Detroit, 46 rush attempts. Misevaluation, let emotion get in the way. If you're just going to, if you know there's teams that you cannot remove your bias, just walk away from those games. Don't bet them. I had the option and I didn't take it. That one's on me. Not going to get too much into Mike's ultimate decision. He was on Dallas. Then when the DAC news broke, he got off Dallas, got on to Chicago. I don't even know what his handicap really was. It was sort of a last-minute decision. It didn't work out. Taking a loss there, moving on. So, did get a couple games right. Seattle, it's one of the few games where we had that thing won early. And it's another good lesson. Because I had Pittsburgh two weeks ago against Seattle. And I had New Orleans last week. And sometimes when I'm losing my bets... I get mad and stop really paying attention and learning. But I didn't do that in those games. As much as Seattle looked inefficient offensively, I recognized that it was the Saints and Steelers defenses that had more to do with that than anything. And I thought it'd be a good bounce back spot for Seattle playing a lousy Jaguars team. We got on it early at minus three. The line bumped up to three and a half, four. So we got early with the best of the number, a good number, and a good solid win by the Seahawks. New Orleans Saints. This was a bet of mine. We didn't get it in the contest. Mike had mentioned Tampa. I should have pushed for this as my ugly Betty. What I'm learning with ugly Bettys is... When you just pick the horrible teams in the league and then try to build a case for them, you lose too often. The real ugly Bettys are good teams who are playing perceived great teams. Because the public thinks great teams are going to have great games 17 times a year. But good teams, especially division rivals, especially well-coached teams, they give them hell. So catching New Orleans at home, plus four and a half, this was a really good spot. This was the argument I should have made for Ugly Betty. I found that my best picks are not betting the bad teams. It's finding good teams, getting value in spots where the public is jumping all over the opposition because they're perceived at the top of the hierarchy. But I didn't get it in. Instead, I pushed for Detroit. The one pick I did get in, though, New England Patriots, plus four and a half. Sometimes I just love looking smart. People, don't sell your Bill Belichick stock. 
And if you are selling, I will buy it. I've been saying this for weeks now. The limitations of Mac Jones in September are slowly diminishing. This Patriots team is becoming a real contender. And it's nothing against the Chargers. But I could not get out of my mind the beatdown the Patriots gave to them last year. And a lot of that roster's the same. Belichick is going to get the edge coaching, and these coaching edges cannot be underrated. I think you're going to see a lot of teams going into the second half of the season who had success early on despite maybe having below average coaching. And now what's going to happen is the really good coaches are going to start figuring out every edge. Don't be surprised if some teams that have been really successful early on start to struggle in close games because they can't win coin flips when they're getting out coached. I like Staley. I think he's an up-and-coming guy. And I like this Chargers team. There's a lot to like on that roster. But the Patriots are still the Patriots. And when they're getting efficiency from the quarterback position... They're a team to be watched out for. So we got the share a square right with the Seahawks. We got the ugly Betty correct with the Jets. And we got the Patriots right. My ultimate decision. Missed out on the Bears and missed out on the Lions. Boy, that was my bad. That Lions pick, that just wasn't any good. I'm going to spend the last minute here talking about one more miss I had yesterday. That was really unlucky, and frankly though, I don't know if I made a bad decision or not. So I bet Houston on Thursday at plus 14.5, thinking that Tyrod Taylor might play and the line would crash. Well, he didn't. I was okay with Davis Mills getting 14.5. I just didn't want the spread to go under two touchdowns, so I bought it early. It closes 16.5. Houston down 38 nothing makes a big comeback in the fourth and loses the game by 16. Every backdoor cover celebrator was going nuts and I had an invitation for the party, but the coupon was expired. I don't know if I messed up, but be careful buying lines early, especially on big numbers. You're usually better off waiting. This is Hindsight 2020. Check the podcast this week. Thanks for listening.